What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Guys, I think we may be pretty good. Let's go! Everything was just falling into place. Funky Azio cuts inside. With this run, Bellardi. Oh, terrific. Oh. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Uh, uh. <laughs> ah, that was pretty pathetic. I'm sorry. Better did you really? Did you really almost forget? I mean, I just put it down and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. Usually you talk a little bit before I do it. So, <laughs> right before we do the intro, you're like, remember, I have a victory beverage. <laughs> well, okay. Yes, blame me. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, I don't like. I I, I want to think that we're really really good, but how how much can you learn from a six no win? I just want to ask that. How can you how much can you learn from an almost eight no win? Considering that we had two empty netters that we missed. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, those those will haunt. Actually, those aren't going to haunt anyone after a six no. zero win. It's just like <laughs> no, we're fine. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's obvious that Philly isn't exactly a good team, uh, to say the least. But at the same time, you can only play the opponent that's in front of you, and yeah, a decisive win is a decisive win. And yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna complain. I, I, I didn't really make the argument, but started to try to make the argument in our little Slack channel that you know, well, you know, we, we're not really sure how good Philly doesn't look like they're that great. And Justin pointed out that in years past, like these were the kind of games that we didn't necessarily put away as cleanly as we did so there's at least some growth there that we can look towards now um, this this definitely was professional like I, I i was really impressed that it didn't really seem like we got worse you know like how sometimes when you're winning like by a wide margin you can see teams taking their foot off the pedal or getting sloppy or losing focus or losing concentration i think that the most encouraging thing was you know lily obviously has a system that he wants them to play a system that you kind of, yeah, you, you need to be a part of it. So you constantly need to be moving into the space that you need to be moving into and reacting to your other players' movement. And, and they kept doing that, and that was really encouraging. I, do you guys subscribe to the idea of, like, you only have a certain number of goals to score in a season? And, like, are we wasting them on six no. now? Like, no. should, should we just score two and then save the other four for other games? No. Yeah, especially, especially if we're playing in a format that we're playing in where it's group stages and goal differentials could matter. Like, you have to put away the goals to assure yourself, just in case someone ties you in games, because there's not that many games in the group, that, you know, you will have the first seat. So, yeah, you put as many goals away as you can. And plus, how much confidence building was this game for these players? You know what I mean? Like Duba coming in and scoring a goal within like seconds. It was of his first touch. Onto the, first yeah. touch. He scores a goal. Yeah. Like that. That has to be like a huge ego boost, a huge like just adrenaline rush. And now next time he's up or he's on the field, he's gonna have that you know behind him. 
Yeah. We got six goals. Mensa got his first goal of the season after two assists last week. Danny Griffin, Kev, who I want to come back to, got his first goal as a pro. Velarde got his second goal of the season. Fernandez got his first goal as a pro. And Duba got his first two goals of the season after playing, what, 20 minutes? And literally came in on a corner kick. And I think all of us at that point were kind of like, how sweet would it be if Duba comes in on this corner kick and scores? And literally, as soon as the ball's kicked, I'm, I'm watching nothing but him. And it was kind of one of those things where you see like two objects just heading directly towards each other and you just start going, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, it's going to happen. And it happened. Um, so good for Duba. Yeah, but, I was less confident about that, but I was more like watching him. Like as soon as he came in, I'm like, okay, he's been injured. He's That's why he's not playing. Like, let's see if he looks like he's injured, if he, you know, if he's you know, just not all there. And then suddenly, boom, goal. I'm like, okay, never mind. We're good. <laughs> he's good. He's good. <laughs> Um, Lily changed the formation. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so after last week where he had Ryan James sitting in front of the D, he now switched it up and went with a 5-2-1-2. So he had two holding midfielders. And uh, Robbie and Kenny sort of took that spot. He had Danny Griffin as the attacking mid. And then Velarde and Mensa up top. Kev, last week you had some uh, high praise for Danny Griffin. What did you think of him this week? I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I would never mean it to this extent this early obviously but watching the game I jokingly in my head I'm thinking like someone in the MLS is gonna take him like like (laughs) like they're gonna take him off our hands he I've been supremely impressed with just yeah how how good he is it's it's not just it's not like he has a good shot on him or it's not like he's really athletic and it's just really fast or uh his understanding of of how he how his role fits into the system is incredible and it's not just you know last when he came on as a sub in in last week's game that's kind of one thing you know you're it's in a different scenario i think he played in the front three or he was kind of the wide player with a more like more freedom there was less responsibility of him he, he was kind of had left. a certain yeah yeah he had he had a certain area of the pitch where he kind of he was allowed to influence how he needed to he had a he had a a left wing back behind him to, to help with the defense. Ryan James. With this, yeah, with, with this, you're right in the middle of it. I mean, you you link defense and attack, and you know sometimes you can get lost in that in that position where you know do I defend, do I attack, do I press, do I stay in the system, and do I you know, stay? He did. He barely put a foot wrong. I, I was incredibly impressed with him, and yeah, I mean, off off of off of that performance, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of players who need to start looking around and and wondering you know if their positions are safe um because yeah he put in a great performance he got the assist on mensa's first goal sort of a nice weighted pass out in front of him mensa was one-on-one with the keeper and just sort of chipped him uh griffin's goal came after what felt like six seven unchallenged passes by the hounds we had two goals like that fernandez's goal was like that as well it was just the usl tweeted out that it you know bob Lilly. that's it that's the tweet like that that's the play um watching griffin play you know there was nothing i think like flashy there was nothing fabulous about it but i started to think for the past few years we've been saying that this team needed an attacking midfielder that would sort of link play um the way that we were hoping to the way that kenny can do but we've also said that we like having kenny a bit deeper to start the play and he can make some of those long passes uh as a finishing pass but it's great to have an attacking mid that's also a threat top to bottom 
it's we're two games into the season, and the second game was against a Philly team that really should be in USL League One. But top to bottom, just based on what we've seen, I'm trying to identify what the weak point of this team is. I mean, we have a lot of depth in midfield. We've seen that our forwards. I'm, I'm still can... not convinced on that, by the way. But keep talking. Okay, well then, who? I don't want to like like call people out this early in the season, but I would say well, now, we have some depth. I, I guess I'm I'm convinced that our strength at center back, if not if not just for like the height, <laughs> like I feel like all of them are just massive, and uh, as long as they listen to Lily and react to the players around them, like they'll do fine. Um, I think you know how we def- how the system works is you know you you defend in numbers and I, I think yeah. It's it's not like Lily's putting his center backs constantly in positions where they have to do one on one defending with like no one around them. You know, there's there's support for them. I'm not I'm not too worried about center backs. Um, I don't. I, the only thing I think most of our talent would lies in a midfield position. I just don't know. A lot of them are also versatile. So I don't know how many games Ryan James is going to play at left wing back. I don't know how many games. I don't know how many games. Kenny can play straight. I mean, you can put Robbie in a front three. You can put Velarde in a front three. You can play Velarde up top. You can, you know, Danny Griffin is kind. Now he's establishing himself. I would say more at least as an attacking midfielder, if not just you know a forward. Um, so, I, and then I just I you know rambled off all those names. Who are you left with? You know, Vonky Zeal's playing in center back. Um, so. I think from that, and then, you know, once you fill out that midfield, then you look to your bench. You know, I'm not, I haven't seen enough of, oh man, I'm trying to, he, he's a new recruit, number eight or something like that. Can't uh, Dakota? Barnathan? Maybe. Yeah, Dakota. Bar- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Barnathan. Yeah. He's been fine, but I haven't seen enough of him where, like, if we get an early injury in a game, in a big game, and he comes on as a substitute, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So, I, I think midfield is actually strangely the one place where I'm a little kind of iffy on our on our depth. Well, it's kind of interesting though because we were talking about the fact that this lineup was uh, it. It's not that the lineup was different; it was the formation that was different. Because really, we only had one player swapped out from the starting lineup of this game compared to last game, even though we had a completely different um, formation. Uh, I think it was uh, Rivera uh, mm-hmm. was in the first game, and uh, who did he replace? Who was it? Uh, Ashworth started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that was like the difference I think between the two games. So it's not like it's even though we might not have the personnel depth that you're talking about, we do have the versatility in the fact yeah. that these players can play so many different spots, and you don't know what to expect. I feel like that's almost even more important. Um, of the fact that you know there's different strains on the players depending on what position they're in so we do have that ability the only thing i think in in both games so far when we've gotten to the 60th minute i think this is correct for louisville no i know it's correct for louisville i just don't know the gap when we get to around the 60 minute mark we've been ahead we've been ahead in both games and so my and and so that's it it's easier to do to come on and just make substitutions for fresh legs and just say, okay, we're going to put energy back into the team and just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll stay as our system and we'll press and, you know, we'll, we'll make life difficult for the opposition. I think the interesting part is if, if there's a point where we're playing a game and we're down and we're chasing a game on 60 minutes, then you look to your bench. Then I think it starts to look a little more iffy. Um, I mean, you know, we brought on Dos Santos in this game and that's, that's helpful. 
Um, but apart from that, if you're starting Mertz, if you're starting Velarde, if, if you're starting Mensa, you know, apart from DeSantis, I don't know how many other like strong attacking players you can bring on. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, that's when you actually rely on uh, the legend. Mark Forrest come in and, <laughs> and save us all. I mean, that's that's when he performs. You know what I'm saying? So you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I so badly wanted him to score in this game. He had a few shots. He he actually pulled the defender off to get Duba his second goal. He made the front post run, which left Duba wide open on the back for Kenny to chip. Um, yeah, I was hoping he would get one. Give him a little confidence boost. One player who we haven't seen yet is Asani who was on the bench this week and we were all, you know, hyped up for in the preseason. We'll see. Maybe we'll see him this week on a short week against Indy. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was great to see a lot of the guys like Fernandez, um, Griffin sort of get that, you know, off, the, get the, what is, I don't even know what the phrase is. Get the what off their back, get something off their back. Uh, the monkey off their back. Get the, yeah, monkey, get the monkey off, off their, their back. back. Yeah. There we go. Um, and sort of get their first goal. That takes so much pressure off. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, this is the Hounds' first 2-0 start in forever, I think? That's such a crazy stat. I yeah, just cannot believe that we've never won the first two games of the season ever. I mean, I believe it. Uh, Geica uh, tweeted that out. So, like, obviously it's it's true. But I just – that just is baffling to me. It kind of makes me – really depressed not gonna lie <laughs> depressed or excited no i no i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm not not saying the bar that low for this team i'm not saying like <laughs> oh you won the first two games this is the best ever no this team can do so much better they're gonna do so much better but the fact that previous teams have not been able to win the first two games it's just so crazy to me that's yeah. just 20 some years nothing okay cool yeah yeah, and, you know, we got eight goals in the first two games, which obviously six in a game will do that. That kind of helps. Um, again, you know, we sort of talked about it a little bit. You know, Philly just, they aren't good. They came out and they played a four. Wait, nine goals in the first two games. Didn't we get three against Louisville? Yeah, we got three. Oh, yeah, nine goals. I'm sorry. Yeah, my stats are wrong. Um, it's two games in. Nine goals in the first two games. Um, Philly came out and played a 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. And you could tell at one point, especially towards the end of the first half, the, the the Hounds were just knocking the ball left and right and watching them chase it and just totally messing with them and burning them out. And, Josh, we were laughing off air about how literally this was the first time we've seen it this season. I mean, it's been two games, but at halftime, Philly did the whole hockey line change, four players, um, yeah, swapping them out. Yeah, just completely swapped out the whole team, which, I mean – I didn't realize it while I was watching the game, probably because I don't, I don't know any of these players to begin with, so I didn't even notice that they switched out four players at halftime. But it kind of is telling that, you know, we, we were two goals ahead at the half, and then in the second half, we just completely slaughtered them. And yeah. you got to imagine that's because the whole team's just like, okay, everyone, let's put in the second line of our B team. Yeah. And, you know, so now you got the C players going in and just have at it. So. Just to sort of paint a picture of, um, I don't say, I, I don't want to say it's dom- it's hard not to look at this and say a six nothing win is a dominant win. I think it's a dominant win, but to frame it in the context of what else is going on in the league, I'm gonna sort of save judgment on just how good of a win this was. We had seven corners. How many? How many do you think Philly had? I'm gonna let you guys guess. None. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, no corners. <laughs> they had zero corners. So, like, 
we controlled this game pretty well. I know that's a totally random stat. We dominated all the other stats, but that was one I was like, oh, really? Zero corners. I, so. I, I felt a little bad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Justin mentioned something on the Slack channels that you guys caught. Tell me if, tell me if you did. Um, but I wonder if uh, Philly, like the senior team, um, plays that system, a four-two-two-two, and then the manager for, for this team was just okay we need to play the way you know our club plays you need to because if i i get the sense that if that is the case i mean yeah it, like i almost feel bad for them because especially when you have wingbacks like we do i mean we're, we we create with like with those wingbacks and it's so easy to just play down the side and and we just kept doing it and the, and you can tell if if that's the system they play they weren't going to change it and on top of that, you have young players learning the system and, you know, being pulled left, right, and center. And, yeah, it the, just naturally our formation helped us a lot tactically. Um, and then, you know, put that on top of that, you know, we executed it really well. Uh, you know, it, it took about 30 minutes in, in the Louisville game for us to kind of wake up. And, uh, yeah, it, it took us maybe 30 seconds in this game to, to wake up. Yeah, but at the same time, like I think of Red Bulls, and the Red Bulls are the same way, where they have a system they play, and every single one of their teams play that system, and it's just like almost like pieces of a puzzle where you just take them out, put them in, it's just blocks, and and they do fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, notoriously, they are one of the hardest two teams to beat, and so if you have a a, a hard lock system, doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're a bad team or that you're you're at a disadvantage it can be a blessing and that was not the case in this team i think it's more the fact that this team is like all two teams this year they're going to be very very tightly run with personnel that are all very young and and they're not really connected as much to the mls side this year because they're kind of out the drive because they can't trade players back and forth or do whatever the two teams do and so it's just very much going to be like they're playing a whole bunch of 16 or not not six i think they're like 17 18 year olds it's mostly so it, it's it's a very young side and an experience and it shows yeah their keeper ben martino i believe he was 17 uh came up through the hounds academy there was a nice picture of him and robbie mertz together in the tunnel um I mean, you feel for the guy, but so many of the goals, he was just completely left ha- hanging out to dry. Like, he just didn't have a chance. No, so, this wasn't a goalie's fault. This game was right. not like, oh, man, if they would have had a better goalie, they would have been a lot better. No. no. <laughs> That's not why they lost this game. <laughs> no. Um, Kev, to your point, you know, what can you learn from a from a 6 nothing win, what could have been an 8 nothing win? What other takeaways do you guys have from this game if any, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of other things that we could talk about around the division, especially with Indy coming to town. But I want to make sure I give you guys a chance to to add any other thoughts that you have before we sort of close the page on this one. I will say I know there's been a lot of chat around after this result, you know, the two teams being relegated further down the, the soccer pyramid in, in America. Um let's say you take the side of wanting that to happen, which I think I do. Um, this accelerates that process, but you know, six, no wins accelerates that process. If two teams are getting beat week in week out by wide margins and looking like they did against us in this game, it, it kind of puts an exclamation point at the end 
saying, you know, because like at the yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd be really curious. I'd be I'd love to be a fly on the wall in, in that dressing room of what that coach and manager says to those players. My guess is, first and foremost, still at the forefront of their mind is development. And he, he might be saying, you know what, in moments you guys played great, and this is what I want you to do, keep doing this, don't worry about the result, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, just, I think a lot, Lily says that a lot less. You know, it, it, more, you know, kind of non-two teams in, in the championship. Um, yeah, results are much more at the forefront of the mind. You know, these are people with, with you know, they have mortgages and this is this is their livelihood and and it's not just that they're a, you know a kid in a two team in an academy of an mls team so yeah i, I it, it is an interesting conversation i think something that we haven't talked about extensively yet in the podcast of whether or not you know this this brings up that conversation again of, of where two teams belong in the, in the u.s pyramid but um yeah six no wins kind of starts putting more weight on one side of the scale yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's a situation where it's going to be hard to justify two teams being in championship, at least, uh, just because of the fact that, obviously, especially with Corona and all that's going on, they're they're just not equipped to handle this. But it's a temporary situation, so maybe, you know, that's an argument to have. At the end of the day, though, if, there's, if you're not in it to win it, you shouldn't be in a professional league. You should be in a developmental type situation, a reserve league like they used to have, but maybe just better managed. The whole reason why they came over to our league is because they didn't have their stuff together and they couldn't do consistent games, consistent uh, competitions where they could actually be tested and they needed just fodder. They needed players to play against that were good to you know test the metal of these players in the two teams. So like, if that's the case, then rework your your reserve league and don't come into a professional league where you don't care about winning, because that's what a professional league should be: is teams that care about winning. And if you're not there for that, then you shouldn't be there. Yeah. Speaking of two teams, the the, the thought crossed my mind after that game on Saturday that you know in our group there's us, there's Hartford, and then there's three two teams there's Loudon, philly and new york red bulls too so kev you mentioned sort of the challenges josh you mentioned sort of the challenges of two teams during coronavirus the hounds could be in a unique position that i'm not saying every game is going to be six nothing but if we're putting up goals and we're keeping them off the score sheet assuming there's hardware at the end of the season like golden glove golden boot the Hounds could be in the running in the way that, you know, Phoenix always seems to be in the running of just running away with things. So that'll just be something interesting to watch over the next few games. Um, I shouldn't say next few games. As the season progresses to see if anybody uh, sort of emerges. Um, I, I think that's the one thing with a Lily offense, though, is you're not going to have that one, you know, Asante or, or whoever that's just going to light it up all by themselves. You're going to have, you know, in a game where there are six goals, it's five different guys putting them away. So, um, you know, we, we may be uh, victims of sort of our own success in that case and that nobody will walk away with a golden boot. We'll all just come in second to somebody who is leading, the, like Tyler Pasher, who we'll talk about in a minute, who is just lighting it up for Indy. So, yeah. yeah, I don't even think there should be a golden boot, golden glove, that kind of stuff. If you're not playing the same players, you're not playing the same teams, I should say, it's 
I don't know. It's very hard for me to justify even getting excited about a Golden Glove or a Golden Boot when it's like completely different leagues. It's the same reason why we argued last year that the West and the East should have different standings completely. Like the the top player or the top team in the West should get hardware and the top uh, team in the East should get hardware. It's because it's different leagues at that point right. if you never play each other. And that's what they end up saying they're going to do. Granted, Corona screwed that all up. So th- they're not doing it this year, but they were going to. Just, just playing devil's advocate here, speaking from a, a perspective of not knowing anything about american football isn't this how it is in american football isn't there like tiny We're talking like gridiron like proper football yes no yes yeah, I don't yes have no clue no clue yes. <laughs> wrong podcast <laughs> but no is it, don't they have like divisions and then there's the eastern and western conferences yes that are made up of multiple divisions and you play one in your division twice and then except you play. it's not even eastern and western it's like divisions and then right. you have the AFC, afc and nfc, NFC and yeah yeah, don't they still have awards? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. but no, Josh, no, I, I get what you're point. saying though, because yeah. yeah, I mean, we. I wonder. I don't know. I'm not privy to the conversations happening by other podcasts and fans around the league, but I wonder, you know, when these when these groups get established. I don't know. I haven't listened to the USL show. I don't, are we getting like shade from like, oh, do you see the Hounds group? Like, what a what a breeze or whatever. I don't know. Like, is that the perspective? I, I mean, luckily, I I feel like we were kind of given a little bit of competition by by the teams that were playing outside the group. Right. Because granted, our group is super easy, but we're also going up against Louis and say, like, you know what I mean? Like, we actually have, like, Indy and Louis, so it's at least we're playing some teams that are considered really good teams. Right. Um, so that helps. I, I was looking. So two of those teams you just mentioned are in uh, Group E, which is basically... Uh, Indy, St. Louis, Louisville, and Sporting Kansas City too. So that's a pretty good group, you know. You, yeah. When you when you consider, you know, they've got to play each other three times, and we get to play the likes of Philadelphia Union two, three times. Like, yeah. So I get it. Um, I guess anything else on this game? No. It's really impressive. I mean, yeah, it's like Josh said, you can only beat what's in front of you, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, th- this they really kind of woke me up. But I, I, I was impressed with Louisville, but I think even remember if you remember last week, I was tamed in my um, expectations. I was like, it wasn't a perfect match. You know, we, we took our chances. They didn't. Louisville played sloppy. Um, but this one, granted, you know, a weaker opposition, I was really impressed with, with how the team played. So um, in a weird way, this... I shouldn't say in a weird way because we won 6-0 and it should have been 8-0, but this game gives me more confidence in the Louisville game. I also would like to point out just the joy in the players Mm -hmm. for the Hounds this year and seeing how, I don't know, supportive they seem of each other and how, like, it was really cool to see, like, just how big their smiles were and how happy they were for each other. And I'm not saying we haven't had that in the past, but it definitely does feel different this year. It feels more connected. It feels more like a cohesive thing and that they're all there together. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what's different this year. Um, But yeah, it's just cool to see. You know what I wonder it might be is Papa. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it might be that that smiles affections. Um, it, it might be just it's more fun to come and play for a team that finished first in the East. 
like yeah, I, it's like very possible we we might be just the team that people want to come to now and you know in a, in a league where turnover is so high and it's it's rare to get the likes of you know a dos santos or or you know a forbes or whatever who who hang around and become veterans of, of the system with so much turn, turnover yeah i mean it's you can look a shorter amount back in history to to get your you know teams who who you want to play for and you know we were we were undoubtedly one of the best teams last year so uh you know that helps it might also be nine goals that probably helps too yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so just taking a quick glance around the division just sort of keeping everybody in the loop as to what's going on there hartford played red bulls on friday and beat them one nothing i don't know if you guys saw this goal but basically uh the hartford keeper got the ball it was after a set piece got the ball cleared it i thought it was going to be like a timmy howard goalkeeper goal kind of thing but it bounced past the other keeper it wasn't going in and Hartford just had a guy streaking that ran past the keeper and tapped it in um to knock the Red Bulls down to two losses on the season so Hartford are actually playing Loudon as we speak so we'll see how that shakes out again that's a little interconference play um but yeah I we'll see man this this could be a really fun short season for sure it's, um, it's really interesting to see uh Red Bulls being down two games already like yeah. I, that that was what we were considering in our group the one team that could be competitive and that might actually be uh you know a handful for the hounds because of the red fact that red bulls in the past have have been that they've you know they've won the championship so it, it's, it's one of the things where we thought maybe they could be it but uh yeah this is kind of like shaking up to be a pretty uh sweet spot for the hounds yeah, I mean, just sort of looking, I'm not looking at the table, Dan, don't worry, but just sort of looking at the matches that have been played within the division. Loudon drew with Philadelphia Union 2. Now, this was back in March, yeah. but if you're trying to get a sense of, like, talent, um, obviously, yeah, Kev's face. <laughs> um, oh, no, so I'm watching the highlights of the uh, Hartford oh, yeah. goals, too. Yeah, that, that goal. goal. What is <laughs> that, that goal? That goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So New York lost to Tampa back in March, which is understandable. Tampa's always a good squad, and then lost to Hartford on Friday. Um, So, yeah, lots of games to really sort of feel out what we're going to be dealing with here, but it'll be very interesting. Um, Guys, you know, I think probably one of the biggest tests the rest of the season, I I think there's two big tests, and both of them are indie at this point. You know, we have one game at home. Uh, which is this week, and then we will play at Um Josh, what's going on with the two sticks at this game? Do you know? Oh, I, I mean, so essentially we're not giving anything away, but we're trying to see if we can get some stuff oh, put sweet. into the stands. Um, so we did have a call out for fans to make two sticks, uh, banners, whatever they can, and we're going to have the Hounds uh, staff to it up in the stands since we're not going to be able to be at the game we wanted something there to show that we're you know uh supporting the hounds so that's the plan uh they have been delivered uh we'll see where they're put or how they're like we, we can't right. go in and set them up so i don't have no clue what's going to happen with them but we just gave them a whole bunch of stuff be like here put this stuff out please and we'll see what happens <laughs> what's what's two sticks two sticks are essentially like uh tifos like little tifos that you hold up on the two poles. Oh, okay. And, okay. Yeah, yeah they're just called two sticks. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. So we put a call out to uh, Steel Army members, like just to make some signage to support that. That's house. awesome. So. Nice. Yeah, I totally. I was so excited to hear about that. I totally glossed over the actual details of the game. So Indy comes to town on Wednesday, 6 p.m. The game will be on ESPN two, as Josh just said. No fans will be allowed. ESPN2, this is the last time the Hounds will be on ESPN2 this season, so if you have a cable subscription or a Hulu subscription just so you can watch the Hounds, you can drop it after this game, because everything else will be on 22 The Point or ESPN+. Plus. Josh is looking like, maybe I might be wrong, but I'm going to stick with that until you tell me otherwise. I can't remember, but I do know that they bumped up some games to uh, oh, don't say ESPN2. That. I don't know which games. I don't know if they were our games. I just remember hearing that, and I haven't looked because I already have it, so I wasn't worried about it. Uh, so check the listings on USL site, because they, they've been doing some shuffling about where games are going to be played on ESPN, just because of the fact that uh, sports are crazy right now. So I feel like a lot of times ESPN's like, I don't know, maybe we put that on the main channel. We don't get yeah. anything else. So that's what's going okay. on. Okay, well, I'm still going to... I'm still going to cancel my, my subscription until the next one just because I'm fed up with Hulu Live. Anyway, uh, just some background on Indy. Um, you know, Justin and Steve talked a little bit. No, Probably no preview show this week just because of the quick turnaround on the game on Wednesday. Indy are currently 3-0. and They recently beat, uh, recently in that past, you know, post-corona. I shouldn't even say post-corona. The start of this new season, like, I feel like we need a name for this. Like, the games that happened before the shutdown and then the games that have happened after the su- shutdown because I feel like the games before... Don't there really. You go. You did yeah, it. Right but that's there. that's like a ma- anyway. Okay, and, what's something in piffy, the games okay, since fine. the shutdown? Indy beat uh, St. Louis, St. Louis two nothing, and they beat Sporting KC two to one. So they're currently leading Group E, which, as I just mentioned, also has St. Louis, Louisville, Sporting Kansas City too. They got a good team on paper. Um, I already mentioned Tyler Pasher. He's currently leading the league with four goals thus far. Um, the dude's pure speed. Like, nothing has really changed since... I shouldn't say nothing has really changed since he was in Pittsburgh. He was pure speed in Pittsburgh, but he has far more control, and they're using him up top as opposed to as a wingback. Um, so they've been playing as a 3-4-1-2 with Pasher and Moon up top. Does anybody have any thoughts as to how we may try to line up against a 3-4-1-2? Kev, your eyebrow sort of went up a little bit. I don't. I don't know when. I don't know the last time we saw like a three-man back. Um, everyone else has been playing four or five, so this could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the the one thing that kind of can I think hurt how we've been playing is an opposition who have pace up top, because I think generally, you know, yeah, we've been playing a high line. We like to press higher. And we rely on, you know, when the press is efficient uh, and, you know, the opposition needs to clear and, and, and hit it up, we, we rely on the height of our center backs to win the aerial duels. Um, that'll be fine. We just, we really need to press. Because if, 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 if we give them any time and they can pick out kind of a non-urgent, a non-pressured uh, long pass where Pasher can run in behind. Um, you know, I have, I don't know. Personally, I haven't seen evidence of how fast our center backs are when matched against someone else who, who is also fast. So, yeah, it, it's it's a game where the press needs to work. Um, and if it doesn't, I think we could get burned, um, which, which is a little frightening. Agreed. Yeah, we're not going to have as much time on the ball. 
uh, obviously. Like, th- this is going to be a much faster-paced game. It's going to be a bigger test for the team to actually figure out how to get completed passes and just be cohesive. And I feel like the last two games have been a good, just kind of like easy mode of like showing them what to do i'm i'm surprised i'm saying that about louis but louis wasn't put together uh as we saw so it it wasn't the test that i thought it was going to be um so it is going to be interesting because this is an indie team that is playing really well right now uh they've 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 shown that and pasher is a force to reckon with so it's going to be an interesting game um it's going to be a lot more stressful but at the same time, I do think the Hounds have what it takes to beat Indy. I, I, you know, just from what we've seen with them and just the confidence they're going to be coming into this game with, I do think it's very well possible to beat Indy. It's just not going to be a 6-0 drumming like we saw uh, yeah. last weekend. I honestly think if we can if we can get a win in this game and we can win at Indy, I'm starting to, like, you know, could we have the the quote unquote perfect season? Like, do you guys think that at that point we lose to a Philly or a Red Bulls or a Hartford or a Loudon? I mean, just with the schedule the way it is and the compact games, and you know, just having like three games in a week, a, a week span, I do think it's probably not realistic to think that we're going to be a hundred percent every single game and be able to win out the whole season. Uh, but I also don't think it's impossible, if that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> it's more fifty-fifty for me than it is. Ah, before you even said the odds, I was gonna say <laughs> over under one and a half for the number of losses the Hounds have this season. I mean, uh, over. So you're taking like two plus losses. I'm saying like two. Kev? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think it's 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 hard to <laughs> it's because I, I I think last year we had the extra motivation of you know a fire right behind us that we needed to keep winning. We needed to keep drawing. We needed to keep winning if we wanted to finish first. Um, if we start getting some headway between us and everyone else in the group. Uh, it's just hard to to keep up with with that with that level of professionalism and, and that points tally. So, um, yeah, no, I I, I th- we'll probably lose too at least. Okay. I do think though, Indy Indy is going to be on paper at least. It seems like Indy is going to be our yeah. toughest competition. I'm really tempted to take the under because I I could see us drawing some games, but actually losing some games. I mean, this team. I mentioned it early on, and again, it's it's very easy to get hyped about a team when you're playing somebody like Philly too. You know, it's oh, we're the greatest, but like, you know, we showed flashes in Louisville. Now, Louisville, <laughs> ironically enough, they lost again this weekend. Um, their like first seven games post lockdown are at home at their new stadium, and they've lost the first two. So, like, I don't know what's going on there in Louis, But, um, yeah, we'll see. I think if, if, we, if we dominate this game, even if it's like a one nothing win or a 2 nothing win, if we, you know, keep possession. Not even if we dominate. Yeah, just if we, if we win. But I'm just, I'm just yeah. thinking, like, 
it's going to be much, much easier to really get hyped about this team. And I'm going to be, you know, somewhat remorseful that we don't have a full season with this crew because, you know, who knows what's going to happen after this. So, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Gentlemen, let's do some uh, score predictions. Josh, I'm going to start with you. What do you think happens in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Stereotypical 2-1 win. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be hard to close down Pasher completely, so I do see a goal happening. Uh, but I I think we have just more. They have Pasher, and that's, to me, it. And if, you know, seeing what we've seen with our team and, and how many different goal scorers we have and possibilities, I can definitely see us having uh, two goals from two different players uh, over Pasher's one goal. Kev? I'll say 2-2. Two, two. Um, I've been convinced now that the 2020 Hounds team can score. <laughs> so I, I have no, I have no fear about that. Um, but I, I think, yeah, this will be one of a harder, harder tests and, um, yeah. Two, two. I'm going to say three, two Hounds. I was going to say three, one, but I think there might be a little bit more drama in this one than I was originally anticipating. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Lily does to combat a three-man backline. And I also think you guys are right. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Hounds deal with speed up through the middle. And I think that, you know, Indy's going to get a couple. That's probably not going to be build-up play. It's probably going to be quick transition play. And they'll get, you know, a few opportunities. But I think our build-up play versus that three-man back line is going to be very interesting to see and sort of the lineup that Lily comes out with. I'll say this. I'll make a prediction in saying I'd be surprised if we played a 5-4-1. So what do you think we play? I don't know. It, it could be the same system we played against uh, Philly and have two men up front with, like, Griffin in behind. Um, but I think we'll want... I think it's gonna be. It, it would be difficult. I think to press in the way we need to. Um, I guess that also depends on where Lily is gonna decide to press. I don't know enough about Indy's defenders. Um, they could just be Groks who can't pass the ball, in which case he might be happy to set off the center backs and let them have it, and then press on the on the second like on the midfield and the fullbacks. Um, in which case, then yeah, he could play a five four one, and you can press in those areas. But I think if he if he doesn't want to let Indy's center defense have time on the ball. I think it's just really hard to press with like a Mensa and then get one of your wide midfielders. To I think you get stretched in too many different ways and holes start opening up and it's easy to play through us. So um, I would expect, yeah, at least two up top, if not like that kind of front three with Mertz and Velarde on either side. So like a five, two, one, two or something like that. Uh, or I, three four three. Um, you think we officially go like yeah, a three five. man backline? I, but when I say the four, I mean I still mean Dover and and James on. So you're like a five two three. <laughs> sure. Seven one six, right? <laughs> I expect to see what we saw against Louis. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like the, pretty much what we the game plan plan against Louis will probably work against Indy. Did Louisville play with three center backs? I was trying to think about that when I was talking to that. I can't remember. 
Because you're right, Josh. I mean, if they did play with a, th- a three-back line, then, I mean, it's we played 5-4-1 with Mensa up top, and he got a little isolated at times, but it it worked out okay. Yeah, anyway. I have to go back and look. I, I don't have it pulled up right now, but, yeah. We're getting we into are. the weeds, which I guess the- is kind of what we're supposed to do on a podcast. <laughs> but All right. Well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think about this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it'll be an exciting one for sure. It's a shame, obviously, nobody can be there, which is you know your weekly reminder to wear your damn masks so that hopefully we can be there at some point this season. Speaking of, I know that uh, ticket reps have been reaching out about home games and giving options and things like that, and I don't think I ever heard about my home opener tickets, so I should probably reach out to somebody about that because that game is Wednesday, <laughs> so <laughs> got to figure out what happened with those. Um Quick question on like I, I what I think there was a graphic thrown up in in the Philly game about like USL teams building new stadiums or planning to build new stadiums and so that just the stadium conversation got in my head again especially with, you know with our away game against Louisville just just to kind of cement it into my head and bring the conversation up again what does does the club own like everything now yeah, at Highmark. Yes. Yeah. Owns the, the land, field, owns the stadium. The yeah, the field, the stadium, the ground underneath it, the parking lot next to it. They own everything. Tuffy owns all that. Okay, that's really good to know. Yeah, because I, yeah. I I still I don't know I don't know the research around like stadium ownership across the USL, but I know there's different ownership models, right? Like cities can own partial you know parts of the stadium or the land or whatever, and that's that makes things difficult, but. Man, it's yeah. The club's in a good direction. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and then plus they got the. I I haven't heard much about the training facility that's going up, uh, oh, yeah. right now. But it, I imagine it probably got delayed a little bit because of Corona and all sure. that jazz. But uh, that's also going to just be another sweet thing that the club's going to have at their disposal. So it's 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 looking good. Looking It'll be good. interesting to see how many people sort of jump on the Hounds bandwagon since there literally isn't any other sports right now. And, uh, like, I know Mark Madden has been tweeting out and talking about it. I know that, like, the guys on KISS FM have been talking about it. So this could be that prime opportunity um, for the Hounds to maybe pick up a few more fans. It's a shame they can't be at the stadium. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, one of my friends, he's he's a big baseball guy, and I guess the preseason has started uh, for the Pirates, and they had a preseason game uh, during the Hounds game, and he was at, he was texting me asking me, like, hey, where do I find the Hounds at? Like, are they not on? Like, because he was confused about the, you know, what channel they were on, so I, you know, 22 The Point, all that kind of stuff, and next thing I know, he's texting me, he's like, yeah, I'm not watching the Pirates nice. game, I'm watching the Hounds game. They're, they're, they're up by three, this is freaking awesome, and like, nice. he was just texting me constantly every time we scored, and I was like, yeah, that's right, that's right. Nice. That's awesome. Um... I guess just two more things. Josh, you outed our uh, Lily's League sticker on Twitter, so thanks for that, man. But uh, yeah, I kind of forgot that we hadn't right. shown anyone that. I I I was like, oh, this is perfect time because the league just tweeted out, you know, uh, Lily Ball. Yep. That's the tweet. And I was like, ah, perfect time to show them the Lily's. This is Lily's League uh, sticker. So yeah. If you check out the sticker, I believe uh, Mongols retweeted it, so go check it out because it's yeah. pretty. Yeah, I might have to make that the uh, the image for this for this show. There was another image of the the team because you're limited in terms of whether or not you can go to the stadium and take pictures of the team practicing and all of that. They uh, shared a bunch of like stock photos that they've been taking at practice, and there was a really funny one of Duba like just like 
doing something like this. Like, you don't really know what's going on, which is great radio, but uh, I might save that for another one. We'll, we'll do the Little <laughs> League one as, as, our, as our main image. Um, the one other thing is that we did talk about masks in the last episode. They have officially been ordered. So we have been told like three to four weeks. So at this point, it's like two to three weeks and they will be here. Um, not to throw shade, but uh, don't get the Hounds version. It's not very good. It's, it's not good. Fine. It's a fine mask. It is a perfectly fine mask. It is very generically normal mask that you could buy anywhere for fifteen. Bucks. If you want a fine <laughs> generic mask for fifteen bucks, then go ahead and spend your money on that mask. Otherwise, wait and for likely less than that amount, you will get a far superior mask that. Uh, <laughs> looks and feels amazing there are limited supplies of our masks though so be aware that if you do want one of ours we didn't order a huge amount so get on that as soon as they get uh linked out there because yeah i got a feeling they're yeah. they're gonna go pretty fast so. so that's the latest on that guys i guess anything else before uh we sign out here Wait, <laughs> yeah it's better it's definitely better let's keep the good times rolling well thanks thanks everybody for listening Uh, and uh good luck guys this week for sure um weekly reminder that black lives matter uh go get the latest steel army shirt love pittsburgh hate racism black lives matter over at steelarmy.com i already said wear your damn mask um no excuses yeah, that uh, that shirt is actually we're we're keeping it up, but we decided to we've been kind of waiting to do the donation to uh, sisters, uh, and we decided to do the donation now and then like keep on accruing more money afterwards. But we we raised over seven hundred dollars nice. um, with the first run of the shirts, and so yeah, it, keep on buying them. I I would love to be able to say we raised over a thousand dollars and more. So yeah, uh, check it out. It's a cool shirt. Uh, yeah, and there's also stickers and other things you can order with that design. So it's not just shirts. It's also tank tops awesome. and everything else. Um, so, yeah, steelarmy.com. Go over get the shirt. Go to mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Uh, we're going to do immediately after this show, we'll do our after show. We talked about some fun stuff on the last one. We're still trying to figure out how to do live streaming, and we thought that would be awesome, especially when we're doing player interviews. If you could jump in and actually like see the players and as we're talking to them. Um, but there was a... a technical th- we'll talk about it on the, on the show after this so if you want to hear that go listen you could sign up for a dollar a month over at patreon just go to mongols.com click on support the show um thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to usl mls and us soccer custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com or masks uh tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from nike and adidas looking for a unique completely custom kit for your youth club sunday league squad adult or even pro team icarus fc can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com be sure to head over to usl wait what what am i reading bgn.fm there we go more great usl news at bgn.fm i was like i don't need to read it i know what it says Clearly, I don't. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.